Hello, and welcome to today's episode. My name is Colin Nesla, and I'm here today with Carlos Gomez. Hola, hola, hola. And Tadeo Gasparetto. Hello, everyone. Tadeo, can you tell us a little bit about today's paper? Yeah, sure. Well, the title of the paper today is A Big Data Analysis of Social Media Coverage of Athlete Protest. And this paper has been developed by Wench Wong and Stacey Lynn Sand, both from University of Michigan. And this paper has been published in the Sport Management Journal Review. I think it's uh, really nice that we have a paper like this today because social media and other fields is super prominent. And often when I read papers in sports, I have the feeling that people are not really focusing on that enough. So I like it that today the focus is really on social media. And I uh, like also that it's not only on social media, but also how the media in general may react to what people think, not really providing the news as respect, but also feeding content in terms of how much people may like this. So it is a little bit controversial, the topic as well. So I do like it. And Carlos, for you, nice it's a bit more interesting because you're more on... You're more used to social media than I am. For me, this is like... I do not have Instagram. I only have Twitter, so I'm not really qualified to talk too much about this specific paper as it focuses on Instagram. But I might understand more than you. Yeah, anyone would. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, great. Let me try to introduce this paper. You somehow anticipate some of the things that I would say. But okay, so... The fact they were talking about a kind of controversial issue that was with Colin Kaepernick in the United States in 2016. So let's say they introduced saying the national anthem tradition in the United States is very classical. So it backs to World War II. So before sport events, it played the national anthem in the United States is played. So everybody stand up and put the right hand over their hearts. And so this is a very traditional there. However, in 2016, these former NFL quarterback, he decided to go against this to make a protest. So he was against, not the anthem, but it was against the policy brutality that was happening in the United States that was covered in the media. He decided to protest and he was kneeling during the anthem. So it was controversial as a by the fact that a lot of people supported him and he started to do the same in other different sports as well. However, he had many criticisms for the other side. So, for example, the previous American president criticized him a lot and they also provide some quotes on it. Other people were saying him like unpatriotic, not only him, but other athletes as well. And the authors make a very nice, let's say, literature review discussing, let's say, because of the popularity of athletes, they are kind of agents of social chains. So not only Copernic, but they were mentioned many other cases in the past in the United States. Like, for example, one of the most famous ones, that's Muhammad Ali, like fighting for civil rights, that he was also criticizing in the past. So let's say all the narrative around this paper is discussing this protest in social media. But why social media? And this is also a very interesting point of that paper because they say that the traditional media outlets, they tend to select what you report. So people are consuming more and more information through social media. They present about 68% of Americans nowadays get news from social media. So it is increasing over the time because 
this kind of media selectivity. They provide some sensational claims and sometimes they do not document something that's not very interesting for each particular outlet. So they use the social media in the way that is a freely opportunity for anyone to talk to share their views, their sentiments, and so on. So they use this idea saying that, yeah, this is important to the sports-related content be covered by social media, to be more analyzed over the literature, because previous research were just talking basically of likes, shares, followers, and so on. And this relationship between the media coverage and the user's behavior is a great line for research. So. With all these elements, this paper has been developed. So I don't know, I guess it's Carlos, right or Cornel, who are going to talk about the methods today? For me, that was nice reading about the method because it seems rather difficult what they do in their paper, but they explain it in a nice way. So they take data from Instagram for two years and they have a good explanation why they choose Instagram. The first one is that they say, okay, many people use Instagram, but the second one from a researcher's point of view is also good. They say, the data is pretty good from Instagram, so two strong reasons. And then they focus on 30 accounts in Instagram. And those are newspapers, magazines and blogs, or something else. So very similar to that. And for those 30 news outlets, they gather all the Instagram posts for a period of time from 2016 to the last matches of the 2018 NFL season. And what is nice is if you look at the amount of data that they have, they have almost 20 million comments for 96,000 posts and they categorize them. So all the comments using a machine learning algorithm, it's really nice how they do it. They train the algorithm first, tell the algorithm what to look out for, for 10% of the data and then the algorithm does the rest for 90% of the data. So what they do is they classify the data into different categories. So suppose you have a comment on what was happening in the NFL with Colin Kaepernick, then they connect it to one out of six different categories. So news reports of protest, reaction to protest, connected to President Trump, NFL, politics, and other protest-related topics. So I think it's really straightforward how they categorize the data. But in the next step, I like that they have three different research questions, basically, or they split their analysis into three different parts. And this was really interesting. So the first one is the media's decision to cover athlete protest and the extent of coverage. So basically, what that means is the number of Instagram comments, depending on the kind of media that you have. And then they look at the different news sections, how they focused or how their comments evolved before and after, let's say, knee fall of uh, Colin Kaepernick. And the next one is, okay, so now we can localize the different medias, but how did they change with respect to the kinds of comments that they had? And here they look at different comments. So what about likes and what extent were the comments related to the six different categories that they have? In the third part, they have a variable called sentiment. And this is the percentage difference between the number of positive and negative words in a post. And I think that's really neat that they differentiate between those three different methods. But 
when you read this, you also want to know what they find. So Carlos, can you tell us a little bit about what they do actually find in their results? There are interesting findings to this paper. As you already corner explained, they're trying to answer different questions or try to understand the coverage of media from different perspectives, let's say, and the influence of different factors. And for me, there are two big results in this paper. The first key result is that this media that uses Instagram may adapt the content depending on the level of interest of the users. And this is rather consistent across all their models. So when they realize that people comment a lot on their previous post, the previous day, then they tend to cover the protest more. And this is especially true before this particular date, the 22nd of September, that if I'm not mistaken is when Mr. Donald Trump made these comments. And they do find something different after this date. So apparently this has an influence on their results. Perhaps another way to look at this would be with regression discontinuity design would also give similar insights. Because the second key result for me is this big difference before and after the statement in this specific date. The sentiment of the users somehow became more important after this date. More positive sentiment results in this specific media being less likely to post about this protest news and more comments on the protest on the other side result in a higher number of news. So it is true that indeed a media reacts differently and that the content is adapted depending on these different factors. Both have an influence, the interest of users, their comments, their likes, it has an influence, but it's different before and after this specific date when the sentiment, these positive reactions or negative reactions towards the protest may seem to also influence the number of news. So it is interesting and it has practical implications that media outlets are supposed to just present news, but it might indeed be the case that they are adapting a little bit, at least the intensity to which they cover this news. And Carlos, do you think they might have found different results if they would have looked at, let's say, Twitter or other social media outlets? Perhaps this is the other implication. I'm not sure because I'm not an expert in media or social media. I don't know how much different it is the strategy for these media outlets when they publish their regular magazine or newspapers in print or when they use their social media channels, Instagram, Twitter. I don't know if they have different strategies for the extent of coverage of a specific topic. I really don't know, but it could be. It could totally be. Okay. I agree with Carlos that I'm also not an expert on these issues, but I mean, there are some marketing research saying that users have a different use based on each platform. So it would be really interesting to see, well, let's say the sentiment of the people across different social networks at the same time would be very interesting to see later on, for example, the sentiment of different populational sectors, not only the overall data, but also separated by gender, social situation, and so on, that it could drive even more valuable results from it. But I think even though, you know, I totally 
agree what you just said it's interesting to look at other social media channels and for sure it would be informative but i just read the method section and that also clarifies how difficult it is to get this data into a reliable format so for us now to discuss this paper it's super easy to say yes you know it would be nice your twitter data or other kinds of data but in general it is really difficult to get more data and here in the method section you could also see how difficult it is to get it into the right format so I have to give them credit for that. Absolutely. Indeed. And it is a great paper, and I'm sure uh, there will be more research coming up targeting this, this same area. Cornel, Salero, thank you very much. This is everything for today's podcast. Thank you for listening to the weekly sports piece. Stay tuned 